What a terrible Stanley Cup final. I I I I picked it. I I picked it to the T. Five games well, and last night last night I'm just I said to my guys, I just went to a friend's house to watch a game. I said, this is gonna be a six two, seven two game. Just it's gonna be a blowout. Well, it is it it was it a terrible final or did we just witness a true Stanley Cup winning performance from the Vegas Golden Knights? Because I thought they were in yeah. insane, insane yeah. how they played in every aspect, power play, penalty kill. Um, you know, they their their composure at times were was great. Um they stayed out of the box. They took punches to the face in multiple occasions, dirty plays from the Florida Panthers, and they just uh, they yeah. just kept on going. Yeah, I I I think what you just said, Riv, is is one hundred percent bang on. I think Florida ran out of gas. There's no question about it. But I do think that Vegas was just so on point with their game and so focused. And it goes back to the last game. The last game that da- that they played against Dallas, and if you remember this game, they won. They they closed Dallas out with probably the best played hockey game that I have seen in in decades. And I say that because the way that they moved the puck, the way that they supported the puck, the decision making with their passes, the tic tac toe plays the goals that were scored. And you look again last night, some of the the passes that they made, they were so prepared. They were so engaged with each other. They supported each other so much. And it it goes right to that, to that, you know, the Riley Smith goal where Carlson puts the, the the backhand pass right onto Riley Smith and it goes in the back of the net. Now, granted it didn't mean anything in the terms of the game, but it's it is these plays. It's the breakout passes that go stick to stick, and then the redirect off the boards with the guy coming in perfect unison, and he makes a one touch pass to a guy coming knifing through the middle. The the precision that the Vegas Golden Knights played in in this these series, and and I agree with you too, being very composed, very disciplined, uh, having a very good power play, and having their top guys all showed up and their third and fourth lines were the key to winning these a lot of these series it was it was so unbelievable so i guess i guess this goes without saying congratulations to the vegas golden knights the 2023 stanley cup champions there are a lot of storylines in this final okay bruce cassidy couldn't get it done in Boston, goes to Vegas. There's one total FU. The Jack Eichel saga. Okay. I think we could we could have some fun with that one. You have Phil Kessel, who still can't seem to get over the Toronto media saying that he was a liability there or or that he couldn't win. Uh, and the fact that, you know, six years in the league, you have an expansion team that has had this much success. And they're 14 plus million dollars over the salary cap. I mean, it just bothers some people that that this expansion team is is so successful so early. You can take that however you want. Yeah, I think taking it in, in order of what you did, I think Bruce Cassidy, number one, is a very, very good coach. And 
I, I would like to know what the dynamics were behind him getting fired from Boston because he was very successful in Boston, with especially with a 2019 Stanley Cup appearance. I mean, the guy is, and I know Butch. I played with Butch when when I was when I was a kid, and he's not an abusive person kind of person at all. He is a very good, um, you know, soft hearted man and a very smart hockey man. Um, and I mean, obviously, that Boston team has a very good team. Look at Montgomery went in there, and you know, I, listen, I, I know Montgomery is a good coach, but Mickey Mouse could have probably coached that team to you know, first place in the league. That's how good that Boston Bruins team is. But I, it's weird. And, and, and it goes now, now we got Peter Laviolette back in New York, right? We've got the regurgitation of all these coaches that come in and out and Cassidy goes to Vegas and wins a Stanley cup and does all this great stuff. It's, it's such a crazy merry-go-round of, of, of coaches and, talent and lack of talent or I don't I don't really know how to explain it and there's really no rhyme or reason why Butchie goes to Vegas and wins a cup in his first year it's unbelievable that Vegas won in their sixth year of existence I mean this stuff doesn't happen in sports um and do you have to go to the NHL to you know to say kudos for them for changing the expansion draft rules to allow them to have better competitive because look what look what seattle did this year there's one player in particular jeremy that we have all been somewhat critical of yeah jack eichel what are you thinking when you see him win win last night after the saga um, that he has been through and the way he left buffalo and started in vegas i actually love it because he he stuck up for what he believed in even though it was controversial I appreciate a, a player who who has um, an opinion of himself and an opinion of of what he should do and how how he's going to run his own career and his own health. And granted, maybe he didn't do it the proper way, but he did it his way. But not only that, but he went into Vegas and it started a little rough. He had question marks, but when the playoffs started, or at least coming down the stretch, Jack Eichel played some unbelievable fucking hockey. You know what turned me and, and said, way to go, Jack, and you, you guys know it. It's when Matthew Kachuk absolutely destroyed him at the blue line. I mean, absolutely destroyed him. And most players would have stayed down and probably would have been out of the game. And this is a guy who just came off a neck surgery. And that, and Jack got up, got to the bench, and whether he was hurting or not, his play didn't drop. I mean, that kid kept battling. You got to give him props for the way he um, – the way he I'm, I'm happy for player. Jack Eichel. I'm I I could not imagine the entire time. I just all I hope is that somewhere last night, you know, in his mind, he's like, "Fuck you!" After the whistle, "Fuck you, Craig Reve." It would have been somewhat part of his motivation. But, but, but I mean, but you know what I think? I, you know what I think? I think I think Jack is a great player. Okay, I think he's. I we've talked about Jack being a superstar. I think Jack is a superstar now. But Jack is a superstar because he has other people to rely on. I don't know whether Jack is a guy that can carry a team like Buffalo. And I think he struggled to do that, whether he didn't have the supporting cast or he he didn't have the, the – he wasn't um, – But isn't you know, this veteran. Stanley Cup playoffs a perfect example of 
what he's capable of doing when he's just able to focus on yeah, just playing of hockey? Course. Of course, because he doesn't have to be the guy. The one word to describe Jack, all right, Jack Eichel right now. Matured. Yeah. Yeah, he did. If I say that word to you, Petey, because it's going to mean more to you than it is JR, because we watched Jack Eichel every goddamn game, every time they lost, Jack Eichel's head roll, eye roll, poor me, this sucks, I want out of here. He was young. He was super insanely immature. Okay? He had no guidance here in Buffalo. If anybody wronged Jack Eichel, it's the goddamn Sabres wrong Jack Eichel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They needed someone in there, some older guy, some guys that can say, Jack, shut the fuck up. And the and the way things ended and they didn't Buffalo. And the way things ended in Buffalo, you know, there are still people that, well, certainly within the organization, I'm sure, did not want to see him win a Stanley Cup. Like you sometimes don't you don't want to see a star player leave your franchise the way he did and then go on to win. You gotta look at this guy and and you gotta give him a a ton of credit. You gotta tip your cap to him. Uh, and you know, before Riv, I know you wanted to say something. And you know, when he got drafted, and he got drafted behind Connor McDavid, and now we got Jack Eichel, who won a Stanley Cup before Connor McDavid. You know, so yeah. you know, you can you see this how these evolve and how these players evolve and how they do mature. But, but and player, I do yeah, agree. but players don't forget though. Did you hear Phil Kessel's comments last night about Toronto? I mean, he like it's still it's still feeling something. It yeah. still stings. It still stings, yeah. and players don't forget. And I, and and you know, deep down in the back of their minds, I mean, there are players that were playing last night that they were saying that winning that cup to somebody was a major fuck you. Like oh, you don't think Bruce yeah. Cassidy's like fuck you, Bruins. Enjoy oh, your record. Hundred percent. You know, Jack saying 100%. Jack without question was so fucking happy and just a major fuck you. But he's not going to show it. You know, like it's March or so. Florida lets him go. He has thirty goals. He let him walk. Well, that's their whole. That was their whole. That was their whole motivation mentality when Vegas started. Was we're the misfits. We're the throwaways. Let's show everybody. You know what we can do. Let's let's shove it up everybody's ass. And that was the motivation that Gallant had in the locker room to all those guys. Hey, listen, guys. These teams didn't want you. They didn't want you. They threw you away. Let's join together and show everybody what we can do. And that team has been a model of consistency since since they started, or whatever motivated them. It's it's been it's been unbelievable and to win in six years. How about the how about the the the, the uh, picture I sent to you guys last night? The guy that had the sign. Geez, we've been waiting. We've been waiting six, six years long, for this moment. Six long years. Six long years. <laughs> well, you know what? It's yeah. interesting. More yeah. storyline that surrounds Jack is is the fact that uh, he's the first $10 million cap hit to win a Stanley Cup. And that's been one of the question marks when building a team and signing players is, can you win with a $10 million player in the salary cap? Now, granted, when you have a $9.5 million player go on long-term IR, it certainly softens the blow a little bit. But, well, when you go over, uh, you know, fourteen plus million dollars uh, over the cap, that also helps things. That's a too. lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I hate the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights, six years into the league, win a Stanley Cup before markets like Buffalo. 
it's it shows you what a good run organization, even if they do kind of skirt the the issue a little bit. And we're talking about the salary cap going over. You know, Tampa did it. You know, there's there are rules and regulations, but still there's ways around it. And that's what the league is going to have to is going to have to come to some sort of um, decision on how they're going to manage those those rule um, discrepancies. But we have seen how a good run team and a team that spends money and a team that does it right, like the Vegas Golden Knights, from the top all the way to the bottom, wins. Um, they go out and get but the But they right also coach. have players that want to play there. Petra Angelo signs there. He's the Stanley Cup champion. He's the captain of the St. Louis Blues, and all of a sudden, boom, shakalaki ends up in Vegas. Of course, Vegas is going to have its people are going to want to go there before. But you just had Johnny Hockey shock everybody and go to Columbus. Okay, this is a this is a top end player that decided he wanted to go to Columbus. He didn't go to Columbus. His wife went to Columbus, and he followed. Well, whatever the reason, whatever the reason they did, he went, right? So how about this? So. Paul Maurice said post game. Matthew Kachuk fractured his sternum in game three. Also, Aaron Eckblad played through a broken foot, popping his shoulder twice and tearing his oblique. Some players may not be ready for the start of next season. The hmm. uh the tales of the playoffs, right? Kachuk couldn't dress himself for the game. Somebody had to help him get his gear on. Someone had to help him tie his skates too. I believe it. When when that when that man right there is unable to play in game five, you know the severity of the injury. Yep. That's what people yep. need to understand. I'm gonna tell you right now, Matthew Kachuk would have blown himself up with Toradol until he was blue in the face. So he didn't yep. feel any part of his body, but his injury went way beyond that. It went way yep. beyond that. And uh, when you have a player like that, not dress, he is a warrior type, warrior. type uh, man. Um, and how do you think he felt? He probably oh. hated that. He probably hated that game more than any other person in that entire arena, more yep. than anyone that he could not play in that game. I was shocked actually. I said this kid has to be really, really injured for him not to play in this game. So really I got injured. I, I I gotta ask a. I don't know if this question is relevant, uh, but do you ever stop and think about what Connor McDavid's thinking every time the Stanley Cup is won and he's rotting in Edmonton? Yeah, it's gotta be. He's, he's gotta be frustrated as hell. He's gotta be frustrated. Jack Eichel just raised the cup. Who was number two pick right behind him? He, he's got to be. He's got to be frustrated as hell. He's got to be frustrated seeing the, the the Golden Knights third and fourth line throw pucks in the net like it's going out of style, and he's like, "What the fuck?" He ha- he has to be frustrated. I mean, I'm sure he's happy for everybody that's the one, but for himself, this is this becomes his biggest achievement now. He does not want to go. He does not want to go a career like I did, like Joe Thornton did, like uh, Mike Gartner did, to be known as some of the best players ever, never to win a cup. And he's he, he if he stays in Edmonton, he has a very good possibility of that happening. That's scary. That's got to be scary for a player like him, no? 
Like that's basically the only thing left for him to do. That's what he, I mean. Yeah. That's it. He needs to win without question. Did, did you watch the playoffs after you were eliminated? Were you able to watch the finals or did you did I you did. I haven't missed I haven't missed a, a cup raising since nineteen eighty eight. I have seen every single cup be raised, every captain raise a cup since since nineteen eighty eight. I have not missed one. I actually, when I lost in 1990 to Edmonton, I actually flew to Boston and went to the games in, in Boston to watch the Boston-Edmonton final after we just got eliminated from them. I mean, I love playoff hockey. It's, um, it was, it's the best hockey, regardless of whether you're playing or not. But I haven't missed one cup. What's it like really. to be on the losing side? Uh, it's it's gut-wrenching. I mean, I made the finals one time. I felt like we just let down the whole city. It was just gut-wrenching. You go into the locker room, and it is dead quiet. It's dead quiet. Guys sitting there, you got the gear on the ground, you know, guys sitting back in their locker, you know, just um, – and one guy one guy will pop up and say, you know, boys, we, we gave it our all. You know, we have nothing to be ashamed of, so on and so forth. But it's, it's mute quiet. It's unbelievable. Um, it's an eerie feeling in the locker room after that. If I had to pick one or the other, obviously I would want to experience the glory in winning. But if I could experience it as a spectator, I would rather be in the in the losing team's locker room. That's where you see how much it really means. You see grown men cry in the locker room. That's that that means something, Dan. I'm telling you. You hear yeah. everything. You hear everything. And, you know, a, a lot of those memories came back to me last night when the, the camera panned on the Florida Panthers bench, seeing Sam Bennett's face, you know, looking at the at the what how hard that guy played and how well that guy played and to see his face as he put his head down on, onto the bench. You know, it's just it brings back so many bleh, yucky memories, you know. Bad you feeling. lost in Chicago, right? So. Yeah, what'd you guys do after? We, I, we, most of us were in the locker room till one, one thirty in the morning, just drinking and hanging around. Didn't want to go out, you know. It was very somber, you know. A lot of guys, a lot of guys left the locker room drunk, beers all over the place. It was kind of just not much you can do, you know. It sucks. It's a terrible feeling. You know, it's funny I'm, because Steve, Steve Larmer said to me, he said, Boy, listen, JR, we we better win this. We got to win this uh, series. We got to win the Stanley Cup because we might not, have a, might not have a chance to do it again. And I looked at him and I kind of laughed. I was 22 years old. And Larmer literally said, we might not, you might not have another chance to win this, so take advantage of this opportunity. And you know what? I never got back to the Stanley Cup final again after that. And I would never... Because I got to the semifinals in 89, 90. We were number one team in 91. Then in the finals in 92, we had so much success. I thought I was going to get back to the finals four or five times. Never did it again. Shows you how hard it is to fucking win. As you guys were chatting, I was looking up something. Um, going over players that were drafted first overall. And who who's who's um won a Stanley Cup since two thousand? Do you know who they are? I bet you. I bet you. There's four 
that have won Stanley Cups. More than that, you want to guess them? I can't even think of the number. First ranks, overall picks that were drafted from 2000 to 2020. Oh, 2000. 2000. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. Patrick is Kane one. is one of them. 2007. Yeah. McK McKinnon is one of them. McKinnon, 2013. Crosby. Crosby is 2005, among others. I don't think who all the number one picks are. Oh, the, the defenseman from Colorado who was the number one pick, Johnson. Ah, good one. That would have been the stumbling block, I think, for you guys. The other ones are super easy. There's three more. Um, Stamkos wasn't number one, was he? Yes, he was. Yeah, number was. one in 2008. Okay, you got Stamkos. Um, nobody from L.A.? Is nobody from L.A.? Nope. You have two you more. Two. It's one is mind-boggling that you have not guessed him yet. Truly mind-boggling. <laughs> oh, man, alive. Um, is it on the same? Is it on... He's Ovechkin. drafted in 2004. Ovechkin. Holy shit, balls, man. O Ovech Ovechkin? Yeah. Ovi, man. Yeah, Ovi. That's right. One yeah, more. He missed, a whole, he missed a whole year because of the lockout in his rookie year. Yep. Is the Florida defenseman the last one? Neither. Oh, Marc-Andre Fleury. There you go. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Well, that's a tough one to bet because you that goaltenders don't go number one very often. That's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. All right. So what's your listen. point? What's your point, Riv? My point is a lot of these guys won from 2003. Mark Andre Fleury, Ovi, and two uh, was drafted 2004. Crosby 2005. Eric Johnson 2006. Patrick Kane 2007. Then you skipped. Uh, you have uh, Stamkos at 2008. Then there was a bit of a, uh, a lull there. And then McKinnon in 2013. All I'm trying to say is this. The Sabres have two first overall picks. And right now, kind of crossing the fingers that uh, they can get a little bit of a run here in Sabre land. Because uh, let me tell you, those two guys on the back end for the next decade, it's going to be one hell of a decor. And you win championships by playing good defense. So, what do they need? Sabers, goalie. They need a goalie. They need two defense, and they need at least two forwards. And I'm going to tell you, if they do that, goalie, two D, two forwards, man. That's a hefty. His team hefty, is going to be super strong. That's a hefty grocery list for Kevin Adams. 
Now, I'm not a religious guy, JR, but I have been praying <laughs> every night. And I've been told that it's never going to happen. I've been told from the insiders that this will never happen. But I pray to the Lord that Tom Wilson ends up a Buffalo Sabres some way. And hmm. that would put us over the top. I'm telling you right now with the youth. Is he free agent? Is he free agent? He's got one more year at 5.25, I think. And then he's unrestricted. Okay. What is Tom Wilson going to bring to the Buffalo Sabres? He's gonna he's gonna bring speed. He's gonna bring a player that plays a certain style. Now, is he is he a um um a Tage Thompson or a, or a Skinner or a you know like the Quinn Paterka? Like he is a physical presence that plays the game super fast. He is honest in the way that he plays where you know exactly what you're going to get. He is a very physical, heavy, mm -hmm. fast man. This is not some mutt bag. It's a first-round draft pick, okay? He was a first-round draft pick, and he has been a guy that has played on the line with Alex Ovechkin for years. So the guy has the ability to play with high-end players, but he brings an element that the Sabres do not have yep. and you need it nope. and then yep. you need I, it totally agree no i totally agree it's a it's a bite right there's not it's, too many players like him in the game well listen that's what the Matthew, whole point what, look, look, look at the matthew kachuk mentality of what what this team brought every team kind of brought on the matthew kachuk mentality they played hard they played in your face they played physical they played mean they never played like that. They were always they always relied on their talent. And they finally got to the finals because they got grit and a grit mentality. So I don't disagree with you. I mean, it's, it's actually a really good point. I you know, Tom Wilson is a very adaptable player, but what he will bring is he will make guys accountable for how for their toughness. How many years does Alex Ovechkin have? He signed a 3-year extension. So he have or 4. He has 3 more years, right? On his deal. Tom Wilson is not going anywhere. Yeah. He is Alex. He's already won a Stanley Cup. He is going to be on the ice when Alex Ovechkin passes Wayne Gretzky for the for the all-time goals. And he doesn't want to miss out on that. He's not going anywhere. Ovi's not going to let him. And that's how it's going to work. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's something Simple to be said about that, that too. Yep. You think you think Ovi has has that type of of um, influence voice to be? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I okay. mm -hmm. I I do. Good. What about what about what about uh, you know you're reading stuff right now that Kuznetsov is basically on his way out. Well, that's Ovi's center the last number of years. So why wouldn't Ovi have a thought or a voice in that? Uh, because, he's, because, because he's got he's got Backstrom's back. That's his guy. Backstrom's like thirty freaking seven, man. I mean, he's no Backstrom of thirty or twenty five. This is a thirty seven year old Backstrom that's been injured. Yeah, but and and yeah, Ovi knows Kuznetsov, it. Kuznetsov is a fucking ticking time bomb, man. He's a ticking time bomb. But he passes the puck. And goal yeah, scores, Jr. Goal scores. Don't give a shit if he's a ticking time bomb. Just give me the puck. 
Yeah, well, that's that's true. That is true. But um, I think he's got more of a he's got more of a history, and even though he is one of his countrymen, I think Ovi will go with Backstrom before he'll go with Kuznetsov. Uh, last thing I'll say, I don't know if we've talked about this before. I feel like we have. It's just so hard to watch Wayne Gretzky on TV. <laughs> and I I don't I mean from the standpoint of his his analysis or anything. It's just it's like it's Wayne Gretzky. I think his analysis is really good. I think it's really good, but it's listening like, to him speak is, is fantastic. Not in a bigger role inside the game of hockey. I just I can't I can't figure it out. I don't think he wants it. I don't think he wants it, man. Like yeah, he's got, a, he's got a business. He's got a busy enough life as it is. He's larger he, than he's like I he is larger than life. When you think of hockey, mind, you think of Wayne Gretzky. I you know I know him. I know what to expect from him. So when he does talk, I take what he says out of the way that he delivers it, and I appreciate it. I can't stand listening to Anson Carter. I, I can't stomach. His delivery, I can't stomach his mentality. I can't stomach the way he, he thinks he controls the whole desk and he's the star of that of that whole panel, as well as Liam McHugh, who thinks everybody is watching for him, drives me absolutely crazy. I think Henrik Lundqvist does a good job. I think he's very eloquent. He looks good. He's not energetic, but he does give good insight. And always, I'm going to get entertained by Biz. And it's amazing to me that Biz can have that job representing the league, representing TNT, representing the Arizona Coyotes, and says the disgusting, absolute crazy things that he says. And still, the NHL says, it's okay. Hey, I, it's mind-boggling to me. It's mind-boggling to me. And good for Biz. I will he go out created, on, on record that. and say that Biz is the best in the biz. Pardon the pun, he baby. He is so good. He is He's the so best good. in the biz. Yep. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is one thing that I just, I, I couldn't even believe. And it's so, something small and people that are listening might be like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I was listening to the panel. They had Longquist. They had Anson Carter. They had the, uh, uh, the host. Um, Liam McHugh. Liam Ryan, C Ryan Seacrest. Uh, Liam yeah. McHugh. And they had Biz and they had Wayne. Okay. So. Um, Liam McHugh went on and talked like he was on the panel by himself. Literally so talked for four minutes. He loves to listen to himself. And then talk. he passed it on to Lundquist. And Lundquist is a very eloquent talker, just like you said, JR. Yeah. Um, but he can get long-winded, okay? And then from there, it got passed to Anson Carter. Okay? And Anson Carter said his piece and i'm thinking to myself when is the great one going to talk when is the great <laughs> one going to talk mm -hmm. then all of a sudden anson carter passes it to biz and biz this is what i love about this this is how he's evolved as an analyst and whatever he's doing in his life it's really fantastic he started to talk but literally went and and said 
it, it took him less than three or four seconds. He said, yep, I can answer this, this, but I want to pass this to Wayne because he's better suited. Wayne, what do you think about blah, 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 blah? And ask Wayne the question because he knew there was so much conversation at the other end of the table that you have literally, you have the player that people want to listen to. It, right I mean, you know, and, and he was able to understand this on live TV mm-hmm. and pass it along to Wayne yeah. and ask him a question. It was absolutely you know fantastic. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because Biz, as crazy as he is and as controversial as he is and as outlandish as he is, he is very, very respected, respectful. He knows, he knows his role. He knows what he played. He knows what kind of career he had. And he also knows he's there for entertainment factor. He's not there for analysis factor more than the entertainment factor, even though Biz does give good info. But he, he gives, gives it with energy. He gives incredible he gives it with info. Energy. Yeah, he gives it with but good energy. My question is this, though, Jr. You know, Biz Biz played a long time. Played junior, went went to the minors. He played in the NHL. You know, he's traveled. Why? Man. But why does he feel less than Anson Carter? Well, I mean. What do you mean feel less? Just, 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 just like just like every player that that Jr. is I mean, basically alluded to, like he knows his role, he knows his place, he knows like what he was as a player. So he's not mm-hmm. there. And then you said he's not there for the analysis. He's there for the entertainment. And the reality well, is, why well, he is he not there for the? He because, he knows the game he, as well as any one of those guys. He does, but he's never been in the. He's never been in the situation like he was. Everybody is watching. He's never been in a playoff game of magnitude to where he had to. He felt what it was like on the ice. He felt what it was like in the locker room. He didn't have those situations. Anthony Carter was on some good teams and played in a lot of in a lot of playoff games and, and scored a lot of goals. Viz scored five goals in his career. It's it's a different level. And people are going to look at Biz and say, What do you know? You you were just a fighter. That's just that's I, just our I, I, I live with that, and I mean, and trust me, that's it. Doesn't it's nothing bad against Biz? No, no, no. I don't take it as that. I don't because it's no different than getting on a bus and knowing where to sit, or getting on a plane and knowing where to sit. It's know your fucking role. It's something that you don't make it to the NHL unless you know and understand your role, right? It's just, or while, it's just human nature, though. It's just human but, nature. But my people my, are gonna say, "Well, what the fuck did you do?" Well, I know, but that's that's where that gives me the the fuck did he do? He played in the NHL, played in the minors, and that's like, hey, I people mean, do it. Hey, people do it to me. People do it to me. I scored five hundred goals, scored over a thousand points, played thirteen hundred games. You know, what people I, say to me, "What the I fuck do, do you know? You didn't win a cup." You didn't I win do a it cup. to the people that never played the fucking game, and there's a lot of them. And by the way, I think it's the first time last night that I that um, Gary Bettman didn't get booed when he came. Oh, on there the were ice. a few. Not many. I was listening to it too. I actually even cranked up my TV to Not a lot. hear if they were if he was being booed. Yep. He didn't get booed. He got nope. cheered. And you know why he, he got did. cheered? It's because none because of these fucking the fans know what they're talking about. They've only no, been watching you know hockey for a couple of years. No you, no, you know why he got cheered? Is because Gary Batman is the first commissioner to take a chance on Vegas as a professional team. He is the first commissioner to put a professional sport in a city that said no but no professional sports could make it in this city 
And I think there's an underlying appreciation for that. And I'm sure he got a couple booze. Well, he's a genius because uh, it's because all the fans there that don't know anything about hockey are like, oh, he's the guy that brought the team here that got us the comp tickets from the casino. Oh, wow. Good. That's amazing. Yeah. What a night this has been. What a night. Oh, my gosh. Oh, big silver trophy and everything. This is incredible. I would love to know what the strip is like last night. How, what was the strip like last night? Oh, Could you was... imagine? Like, come on, guys, come on. Well, uh, do you see that? Do you see the pool outside that building? That thing was shoulder to shoulder pool of people. They had to go somewhere with all those people inside. It was, I bet you it was mayhem last night. I hate mayhem. the festivities after. I'm sorry if we talk about this every year. Get everybody off the ice. Like, there's too many cameras, too many people. What happened to the day where they used to skate with the cup around as a team? I, they did it after, but they used to pass it back. You know, guys would hold it up by the glass. And then, like, what's with the fireworks? And yeah, the, I, I, all yeah, the, I thought the that pyrotechnics. They, they did it wrong. They did it wrong last night with passing it off and making a little loop. They, you got to skate around and just keep <laughs> passing it. But I, but I, listen, you got to stay on the ice and share it with the people, share it with everybody, share it with your family, share it in there. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I, I've been on the ice when I was doing television. I'm on the ice doing interviews with all these guys and with the people and the energy down there and the celebration is pretty, it's pretty awesome, PD. And, you know, you know, it's the hardest trophy to win. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.